0: This is Leadership in Action, and I'm Casey Cheshire. Join me as we delve deep into the passions, expertise, and experiences of Boston area innovators. Sponsored by the Boston chapter of the Entrepreneurs Organization. This is Leadership in Action. We are live. We're recording. I'm so excited. Today's guest is amazing. I've talked to her on other podcasts. We go way back, and let me tell you about her. She is an innovator, a marketer, an entertainer, and a master of the written word. Uh, I I would often say a savvy content creator. That's what she is known for being. Um, And she has this wealth of knowledge across industries and verticals and sizes of companies. And so I can't wait to pick her brain today. Uh, Head of marketing at Cruise Consulting Group. They are lucky to have you. Owner of Kristen Sweeney Consulting, EO member, Kristen Sweeney. Welcome to the show.
1: Hello, Casey. I'm happy to be here.
0: Well, I am happy to have you here too. I mean, we talk all the time, and all this wisdom flies back and forth. It's great to finally record some of it for everyone else. (laughs) You know, so I want to just pass the baton to you and say, you know, what is a common misconception about leadership about running a company that you want to smash today?
1: The so I'm speaking from personal experience, but the myth I want to smash, at least it was a myth for me, is that. If you learn a lot about what it's like to build a business that you can sort of cut in line and get to the business like you want five years from now without actually doing the the growing up in it part.
0: Mm, you can't just buy that knowledge and then skip, you know, all those grades in school and go right to being a huge company.
1: Yeah. It's kind of like if you were it's a great analogy. Like you you could maybe you know, you there might be some prodigy out there who could like skip the grades in school, but then, you know, they're sort of not emotionally developed, right? Even if they can like do the math problems. So that knowledge and that expertise and like the kind of advice you can, like there's so much to learn and that's really valuable, but it still can't prevent you from kind of having to have those growing pains as a company. Unfortunately. <laughs>
0: Right? I mean, and, and call a spade a spade. So you, interesting though, like you're right, you can skip the grade or you, by learning the stuff. Um, but there's there's a soft side, soft skills or whatever you'd call it, entrepreneur skills that you probably going to have to, I mean, you might learn from others' experiences as well. It might help you. Really? but one day or another, it's a, it's a people endeavor usually and you're going to run into oddities. You're going to just have to figure out how to deal with
1: hundred percent. And even things like company size, right? Like you can know what it means to have a great CFO when your company's $5 million, but my company's not $5 million. So like, I don't, I don't need that person. I can't afford that person. And I have to have this sort of solution for what works today. Um, I would rather solve it all once, but, uh, it seems that that's not going to be possible.
0: (laughs) But that's interesting, though, the solution for what works today. But that acknowledges that there is a solution. There is another grade, another level. You'll get there eventually, but you need the solution for right now. And so sometimes in books, it skips to like, oh, hey, when you got got the five or 550 million, you know, do X, Y, and Z. And you're like, cool, not there yet. I'm over here. And so I know that it's going to have to be a little bit different than whatever's written in the books. You know, I'm usually skeptical about the books.
1: Yeah. And I think for me, like I have a very problem solving mentality. And so it's like, I want to just solve it and have it be fixed for good. Um, and realizing that I guess like it's just because you have to make a change doesn't necessarily mean that, that you haven't, that like you're making a mistake, right? Just that like, it is really iterative and you're going to have to keep the problems will evolve, but they're going to keep happening at every level again and again and again.
0: Yeah. Oh, um, <laughs> absolutely. Really
1: that idea, but I do now believe in it.
0: <laughs> no, and I think that that whole area, that's like your mic, mic drop moment right there, it, that you have to understand that it will evolve and embrace that.
1: Yeah. And that it can't be three years from now today. Like it's got to be just today. It's today. It's today. <laughs>
0: Yeah. So it's like, it's like striving for the future, but, but like recognizing what is there in the present.
1: Yeah. And I think that's really humbling. Uh, I'm such a kind of book learner and student that I guess maybe when I started to transition from being a freelancer to owning a company and I really probably egotistically kind of thought like if I can just learn enough and observe enough and, see what other people are doing. And obviously I get like lots of great advice, you know, as head of marketing and cruise consulting group, like I'm rubbing shoulders with all the right people. I'm in EO that I can maybe just sort of leapfrog all the, (laughs)
0: like
1: the painful stuff and just get to like the sweet spot. And um, I mean, maybe it would be possible for someone else, but it seems like you just kind of have to go through it and you have to go like, you have to grow up. Your company has to grow up. You have to grow up as a leader and you can't go from being five to being 15 just because you hang out with a bunch of teenagers. Like You have to be seven first.
0: You know, it reminds me of kids that, that, you know, you want to be older. Of course, when you get older, you want to be younger, but like, you know, <laughs> like I can't wait to be a teenager and drive a car. And like, yeah, and then you'll have twice as much homework, you know? Yeah. I can't wait to be in this thing and then have this. It's like, yeah, but when you get there, there's something else there. Um, I've often heard of that, you know, the, the problems don't go away as your company gets bigger. Right. Actually, they get worse. <laughs> they get harder, but maybe you get more desensitized to them along the way, or you've experienced each one, and that's helpful learning process, right? You've stubbed your toes, so when this happens, when this happens, you understand it. So by the time you're a teenager, you get a traffic ticket, it's not going to be soul-crushing, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah, 100%. I this is like a really long ago example from when I was in college, but I was studying theater and I remember like, I don't know, some intro, intro to acting class. They were talking about your headshot and your resume. And I was so overwhelmed by the idea of that, that I remember just thinking like, oh, I'll just never have one of those. I'm not going to, it's like, sounds too much. It's too much for me. And then, you know, like, Within a year, like I got my headshot, my resume, I'm handing it out. And so you just kind of absorb like more and more becomes part of your known, what's comfortable, what's familiar. And then there's new challenges beyond that. Um, Yeah. So. Yeah, I get that. that. It makes sense to me what you're saying just around the like. That idea of there's bigger problems, but you're better equipped to to tackle them
0: that's a much better way of saying it. <laughs> it's much better. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I used to, I, I used to always say with one of my first companies, that, like, you know, I've heard horror stories, but if God forbid, you know, someone in, in the team, you know, is the wrong person and they try to sue the company, then I'm out. I'm just out. Like that means we have gone too big and I don't want this nastiness. But then one day it happens and you're like, well, I'm not going to close the shop up, you know, just because one jerk wants to mess in there's, there's like, 18 other people here they're they're great and so actually what i'm gonna do now is protect those people and the company from that one person right yeah. so in in a moment everything shifted and you know it's almost like you know me before you're know, the kid before they can drive like oh that'll be amazing or won't that be scary um but i actually remember i used to think that all the oncoming cars were gonna hit me you know because you're not really sure are they in their lane aren't they <laughs> and you're like i'm just always nervous but eventually you get old enough to like well they haven't hit me yet. So I guess I'll just act normal. But yeah, like you, you just grow into the different problems. And, you know, it's just sort of embracing that.
1: Yeah. And that you can't shortcut it, although it would be nice.
0: <laughs> can you, can you shortcut that? I mean, co- does coaching help or does coaching just help you process it?
1: I think, I think for sure it does help. Right. Like it, it there is this just realm of like things you, what the, Known unknowns, the things
0: you don't know you don't know, oh, wow, we're talking about Johari windows here? oh
1: yes, I am yes. <laughs>
0: uh, How do we know about that? Is that an e o training? I, I think know. it might be I don't know.
1: but that but it is kind of that, right? like there's I don't think that the opposite of you have to grow up is necessarily nobody has anything to teach you. Right. That's kind of a, an immature way to look at it. Or so I think you can you can learn, but it's kind of like even if you know what to do, your company still is at a certain size and it's gonna have those growing the the pay it doesn't necessarily even mean you're making a mistake, right? It just is tricky. Like one of the things we're constantly balancing is, you know, sales and capacity. We wanna hire writers so that we can bring on new clients, but If we bring them on too early, they don't have anything to do. And if we bring them on too late, then we're freaked out and scrambling. And and like I don't, you know, there's the bigger we get, the easier we can see the day where that's just easier going forward. But right now, it it's a tricky spot for us. And so I feel like I have a lot of good guidance around that, but I still have to just kind of like get through it at a certain point.
0: Yeah, you mentioned something around. You know, growing doesn't mean not making mistakes. It's kind of just nothing but making mistakes, and and learning. And I often found that it feels like you you've learned more from when things don't work. When things do work, you're like, "I'm amazing." I'm not even, sure. and i feel feeling like I'm an imposter. And we're talking about this with Dan, but like when things are working well, it's like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> not sure why, but when things don't work, you're like. And I know exactly why. Here's the reason, and that was dumb. And I'm never going to do that again.
1: Yeah, that's uh, that is definitely true because you want to avoid pain, right? You want to like, I don't want to go through that again. Yeah. What am I going to do differently? Um, but that I will say that like unconscious things are going well is like a pretty sweet spot. Like if you have ever had even um I'm going to go off on a tangent a little bit, but like a physical injury, right? Like some kind of uh like the, then you realize that the best place to be is where you don't actually have to think about your body at all because it doesn't bug you. <laughs> like being unconscious of it is actually in some ways uh, a sign of, I don't know, I think a sign of health and as a whole, there's nuance to that because, you know, I'm, I have a background in yoga. And so like, of course you want to have body awareness, but sort of like if your body is operating really well, then there's nothing that's going to sort of jump out at you and be like ah oh, this is hurting it's bugging me it's
0: bothersome you know totally I was you know think about a headache right you don't worry about your brain until your brain is like ow <laughs> <laughs> Like, give me some of those little white pills like what drink water what do I have to do give me some darkness what do I have to do to make this thing okay but when it's fine you're ignoring it you know
1: yeah That's I think
0: like back to like sometimes you like injure your core muscles or like lower back muscles, you know, like, Oh, you use those all the time. And you don't even realize it. Yeah. You know, at least if you get a paper cut, you're like, that's annoying. Put a band aid on it or just leave it alone. But you don't really use that hand very often as you're typing. But man, some of those support muscles, you take them completely for granted. Totally. Okay. Yeah. We'll get into yoga in a second. Oh, <laughs> uh, I'm really curious. Uh, What do you see in the future? What's got you excited? What's coming around the corner that we should keep our eyes open for?
1: I am excited about, I think that it was driven in some cases by the pandemic, but just overall, this kind of return to authenticity. And you see that in marketing and you see it in, I don't know, like everything from just like people's work from home, lives sort of being exposed. And I think that it's, I really like love to go deep fast. Like I'm terrible at small talk, <laughs> which is why you and I get along so well. Right. Just tell me everything. What's really going yes, on.
0: Yes. Yes. What flaw do you want to examine today? <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, so I really kind of appreciate that. But I also think, you know, it's exposed like some really interesting things about, I mean, sort of societally, like there's been a lot of light shed on the struggles that in a lot of cases, women are facing with having to resign from the workforce or having to take over childcare. So I, I think it's just brought some issues to the forefront there. And so this is probably somewhat unpopular to say, but I am a millennial. And so even the great resignation, which is hard on, I mean, it's been really hard on employers, right? And it's hard on a lot of our colleagues. And at the same time, I I think that there, I can appreciate the value of folks who are kind of just having a new perspective and taking that, this moment to sort of step back and say like, what do I really want? Because I ultimately think that aligning that with some kind of like your next job or your next professional experience is, is better for everyone. Um, that's one of our core values is just this personal professional alignment, which is. Kind of around, like, we don't, I don't dictate that, like, you have to wake up every day and be like, the only thing I want to do is come to this job. Like, I couldn't imagine doing anything else with my whole life. It might be, like, a really good job for you so you can go camping every weekend or so you can take your kids to baseball games or whatever that is. And, like, but as long as the output's at a certain level and, like it is mutually beneficial, I think that's great. Um, So that's kind of the main thing on my mind is just that authenticity and sort of people stepping back and evaluating what they really want. And although it is challenging right now, my hope is that that ultimately leads to better alignment between employers and, and team members.
0: It's an interesting evolution of different generations that did work to put food on the table, and the luxury of being able to do work that is just completely fulfilling, um, which seemed like a, something that only a few people could have, more and more people are deciding or sort of declaring that that's what they want. And and I think what you brought up is interesting because it, people aren't necessarily waiting until they're the midlife crisis, right? And instead of buying a, a yacht, they or a boat or something, they're a plane, <laughs> they're they're not waiting and they're they're doing it now, you know, which kind of reminds me of Tim Ferriss, who was like, don't don't wait and do your ideal vacation when you're 80 because then you can't climb up the steps of the Great Wall. Like, if, if you want to do that, do that while you can still walk around yeah. or scuba dive or whatever it is, like, space those things out so you're not trying to save up for some big thing at the end. Um, You may not enjoy it as much or, you know, it's just a different world, so you know put some of those things in sooner
1: yeah yeah absolutely
0: absolutely do you feel like you're in that spot do you feel like you're in that spot where you're fulfilled and
1: yeah I do I mean I I think I I feel like I've sort of had all my reckoning when I was younger right like I was living in New York as an actor and then I was teaching yoga and like I I really feel like I'm took the time I needed and wanted to do all the, to pursue all the things and do all the things. And so I feel really settled when it comes to, you know, my, my work life looks a lot more conventional now than it did five years ago. Yeah. Um, But I feel really settled with that because I went out and did whatever the hell I wanted for a long time.
0: Which is really a cool story. Let me, let me get to that part then now. Like, I know you. Can you share with everyone else? Like, who are you? Take us back in time, little Kristen days. What was it like growing up, and how did you eventually get to the point where now you're an entrepreneur and you're growing a team?
1: It's so funny. Uh, I'm just like, should I free it? So, um, I'm from Florida originally, from the Tampa Bay area. My parents are Midwestern transplants from Indiana and and uh, right outside Chicago. And um, I mean, basically, I'm a big nerd. <laughs> like, I it. It's, so, it's taken until now for me to really see, like, you know, I run a, co- a company that creates content for a living. So everything we do is based on the written word. Right. Um, and I have been obsessed with books for as long as I can remember. It is still like a lot of hobbies have fallen by the wayside when I had my daughter, who's almost three, and there's not nearly as much time for myself. Um, but like, I can still get sucked into a book. like instantly and it's still like my one true love, um, is reading. So I was always a really, you know, kind of a book lover and very good student. Um, but I also loved performing. I loved singing. I loved acting. And so when I went to college, I, uh, just decided I wanted to do musical theater. And so I studied that. I got a BFA. Um, I got a, degree in medieval studies as well because that's a perfect backup for and an acting it. career <laughs> um and then I, I bounced around with a couple of regional gigs and then I moved to New York and um what a lot of people don't know about acting in New York is that all many companies from across the United States actually come to the city to do their auditions and so a lot of what being a working actor means is one, a lot of not working and auditioning, <laughs> but two, uh, a lot of auditioning in New York and then getting gigs. So then you leave the city. You know, obviously if you're on Broadway or off Broadway, you're staying. But if you're doing a lot of other stuff, you're you're all over the place. So I had a chance to go all over the country: it was in Wisconsin and Tennessee and Las Vegas, and um, and I did that for quite some time, and eventually it kind of wore me down. Classic story, just. hard it's a hard life um and I somewhere along the way became a yoga teacher because again great backup stable Uh, (laughs) (laughs) to an actor it is but I I remember thinking if I'm gonna live in New York and do this auditioning thing like it's it's not gonna be enough for me to be a host in a restaurant or be um you know, a personal assistant. Like, right. I need something that's fulfilling on a daily basis, and so, I really teaching yoga was that thing for me for a long time. Um, I really loved it, and I did a lot of that. And eventually, I moved to Boston after I met my now husband, um, and I was teaching here for a while. But all the while, uh, I was writing. I was just doing freelance writing. I started as a an a legal assistant taking dictation. So I can type super fast and use the foot pedal, the whole thing.
0: Wait, 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 what's the foot pedal thing?
1: Oh, so if you are serious about transcription, so when somebody talks and you're typing, you have a foot pedal so you can control it. You don't have to use your mouse at all. So your hands never have to leave the keyboard. And then if you like release your foot, they'll like back up a half a second or you can, you can set it. Whoa! And so then you can keep typing so
0: That's really cool. efficient.
1: Um, and that attorney who I was working for did a lot of other writing that was not transcription. And I started by editing his content and sent me my first couple of clients to go straight for. there were like, there were two doctors who said, I have the opportunity to do this column and write this article, but I can't write it. Yeah. I just got this email, like you will do this. This is your rate. Here's like. Go for it and and that's I owe him a lot. I owe Alan Gasman a lot. Yeah. He set me up and all the while that was kind of it, it got to the point where I was doing so much writing and then, you know, eventually developed that into more learning marketing skills to support the writing. Um the, the other stuff became like expensive hobbies being supported by my writing. And so after my daughter was born, I just you know, I was ready to kind of reevaluate. I didn't want to teach a class Sunday mornings. I didn't want to teach a class Thursday nights. And and so I decided to really go all in on on this and it's turned out okay so far.
0: Yeah. It's interesting how it sort of occurred organically. I had similar experience where I wasn't trying to necessarily do anything, but then people sort of recognized, wow, you've got something here. And they just sort of, Start asking you if you're around the right people that encourage you then you're like oh wait okay there's something here and then you sort of take that and run with it but it it helps having a few people that just kind of illuminate for you that maybe you've got something that's a skill and sometimes the things we are, are the best at we just take for granted because we're just it oh
1: my gosh I always say that that and that's something I tell clients a lot actually because you know I'm like the thing that is so ingrained for you, that's what your customers want to know about because it's what they don't know. And you take it for granted. So you have so much more content inside of you than, than you think you do. Um, but I agree. We really tend to overlook those things that make us really special. And, um, someone said to me, uh, Sometimes, so, you know, acting, obviously there's a lot of challenge in that profession and what I was trying to do, teaching yoga, it wasn't an issue to teach classes, but I was trying to do a little bit more than that. And when I decided to sort of refocus, he said, sometimes you just want to chase the boulder down the hill instead of pushing it up the hill all the time. Yeah.
0: And
1: so it doesn't mean it's easy, but it's different. It's, it's a different kind of challenge. Um, It's more navigating and fostering growth
0: versus sort of the like
1: please look at me please look at me <laughs> right, you
0: know? right right yeah I'd love to ask you about this the yoga did you do all the different styles or there different kinds and shapes and sizes
1: Oh, uh, there are so many different styles so my introduction to it was in Bikram yoga as a practitioner Bikram yoga um
0: which is a
1: controversial style at this point but um because of the I,
0: founder I remember, is that right yeah cuz the founder cuz the guys uh, are sketchy super sketchy super sketchy <laughs> did you ever meet him? no i didn't okay Mm-mm.
1: um but i i when i was in vegas i used to practice that like 5 days a week like i was it's like did their show did yoga and did some legal work and and that was it um so i trained in uh vinyasa yoga i trained and that was hot vinyasa too same same thing i trained in basically bikram yoga, but it's a different like spin-off thing, same postures, um, slightly different dialogue, not quite as rigid. Uh I've trained in done a short training in restorative yoga. I've trained in prenatal and postnatal yoga. So I did a lot. I did Jeez. a lot. And I found for myself, like I started with maximally intense yoga. And like the older I get, the more I'm like it's just too mellow. Like <laughs> it just keeps mellowing out. Like, let's just lay on the floor and rest. <laughs> That's
0: my favorite pose.
1: Need? Oh, definitely. <laughs> just
0: get a little corpse pose or whatever we'd call it, and just
1: yep. Just, yep. Just, just just
0: lay down, lay down. Have you ever fallen asleep in yoga?
1: Uh, probably. I mean, that sort of twilighty state.
0: Well, if you're teaching, probably not. But not if I'm teaching. No. Yeah. Never. Never while teaching. know I definitely had some tough workouts. Have you heard of Spenga? No. Oh my gosh, I got to tell you about this. So it's 20 minutes of spin, 20 minutes of hit, and then 20 minutes of yoga.
1: Wow. Say it again.
0: Spanga. Spanga. Yeah, S-P-E-N-G-A. There's like different um, oh. gyms opening up around the area that that, that offer that. And oh, so. I found it to be a great combination to add oh. the flexibility in the end, but there's also always that little bit of a rest moment at the end. And oh. if it was a hard workout, you're just like, and good night. and I'm pretty sure one time I might have snored once but everyone was so nice to me and nobody mentioned it but I'm like I don't remember how long we were laying here but we're yes. all <laughs> we're all sitting up now so I should probably sit up too uh but
1: i definitely uh, had to do the kind of like the student's still there and like the next class is coming in and just kind of like quietly walking by them trying to wake them up
0: <laughs> yes exactly exactly <laughs> so you know all the techniques um uh, you mentioned reading you still do you still do a lot of reading i do do you have any favorite books any recommendations
1: uh, no read what you love i right now like again nerdy but i'm really into just like all of the young adult books from 10 years ago so i reread like the hunger danes Because it's just a super easy, like Harry Potter is another example. Like I can just tear through them. I don't have to think a lot. The reading's not hard. And so it's really helpful at night trying to wind down. Um, But I will say, I think this is a Tim Ferriss thing too. Big fan of fiction before bed. And I agree. If I'm reading like a business book before bed, then I'm just like, Oh crap! How am I going to make my company better? What do I need to do next? Um, but if I read a fiction book, I'm just into somebody else's story, which I love, and then you just uh, close it. Good night.
0: That's a great point. You're not thinking, oh, how do I? How can I apply this?
1: Yeah. yeah. What are the
0: to dos I need? What are the action steps no. I'm going to take? Yeah, it's
1: just <laughs> that's not not conducive to dreamland.
0: Crazy. Um, any genres you particularly like to read?
1: Um. No. I mean, I do read business books. Um, As far as fiction, not really. Kind of runs the gamut. Cool. I like. I'd say the only thing I don't like is like sad, sad sickness story. Sad books. Anything with an animal, Um, because it could be sad, and I just won't go there.
0: Okay. See, the the real truth comes out. About what books you read.
1: Yeah. It can be emotional, but not if it's just going to be, like, I don't want just a tearjerker. It's too much.
0: Right. Like the notebook or something. One of those kind of things. I don't even know. So Sorry. I don't even, I'm, yeah. I'm with you. I don't even read the sad. You just throw it in the corner. if It's too sad.
1: So honestly, and I will, it's very possible I will cry right now. Um, so, you know, sort of weird thing. I, um, I read Black Beauty as a kid and it wasn't until high school when when I was I don't know talking about the book and I was like yeah and then they go to that amazing like farm where they just get to live out their days and it's so beautiful and a friend in high school just looked at me and he was like they died that was for seven and I was like what and i started spontaneously crying so um I'm getting a little worked up thinking about it Really? That was, probably, that was probably like the end of of animal stories for me. It's just like it's not worth it.
0: Can't do it, people. Can't. Do it. What about Babe? Can you can you handle Babe?
1: I mean, if you told me the I movie? Didn't see the movie, okay, but it works out okay. Oh yeah, yeah, Babe. Yes, but like Charlotte's Web.
0: That that is still a little bit traumatic for me from childhood. Yeah, hundred percent. Oh, well, this has been, oh, this has been so much fun. <laughs> what were we talking we're, about? The place, we're talking yoga, we're talking about <laughs> businesses and, and learning and going through the different hoops. I and mean, this has been crazy cool. It's always fun to chat with you. Where, if people want to do the same thing, where can they connect with you? Where do you want them to reach out?
1: Uh, they can check out my soon-to-be revamped website, but currently it's com. Kristen is E-N, Sweeney is E-Y. Um, And I'm Kristen at KristenSweeneyConsulting.com via email or find me on LinkedIn.
0: Perfect. And what do you do for people in content creation wise? Like what's the 30 second like thing that how you help create content?
1: Oh, goodness. Um, So we help business owners and companies create content that's really high quality and reflects their professionalism, their expertise and their industry knowledge. We make the process extremely easy for them. No writing for them required. Um, that's what we do. All, all kinds of content. Blogs, social posts, email marketing, white papers. Whole Runs the whole gamut of
0: deliverables. Buddy. Amazing. There it is. And I highly recommend if you don't have content, you should visit that link. And it should be right there in the show notes. So if you're listening to this, you can click right through. Ba-boom. Send an email. And that's that. Kristen, we did it. Another show in the books. How do you feel?
1: I feel good. I hope I hope this is a value to anyone except for the two of us. It's a little all over the place, but that's how well, that's
0: cool. that's what you do, right? You create content for yourself, and then you hope other people will enjoy it too. You go. Know, yeah. uh, and I know somewhere out there right now, someone else is is feeling the feels with you about Black Beauty and Charlotte's Web. <laughs> <laughs> And now I know exactly what to mention to you. Next EO event to... uh, Like two glasses of wine in, right? Yeah, two glasses of wine in. (laughs) No, I read that book the other day. No, (laughs) no, so terrible. But this is awesome. I really appreciate you coming on here. I mean, I've literally got two pages of notes over here. So I'm stoked. And for those people listening, if you learned something, I know you did. uh, Then definitely share this episode with someone else, someone that you care about. Uh, One person, two people. 30 people. That's thought leadership. You just share things that you've learned. Um, And with that, Kristen, thanks again.
1: Thank you, Casey.
0: Cool. And that is it, folks. We will see you all next time on Leadership in Action. Leadership in Action is sponsored by the Boston chapter of the Entrepreneurs Organization. As the world's only peer-to-peer network exclusively for entrepreneurs, EO helps transform the lives of those who transform the world.